Imagine's Coaling Studio is where efficiency meets creativity. Our new integrated solution brings together our next level coaling algorithm along with in-app reviewing and AI editing in a single intuitive platform. Tailored for photographers who value both speed and personalized quality results, Imagine strives to enhance every aspect of your post-production process. Open the Imagine app and give the new Coaling Studio a try today. Workflows is a podcast about saving you time and money in your photography business. I'm your host, Scott Wyden-Kipowitz, a photographer and content creator who struggles with dyslexia, colorblindness, introversion, and anxiety stemming from years of being bullied as a child. Guess what? Workflows have been my rock. I have workflows for every aspect of my life. That's why I am so happy to bring you Workflows, a podcast presented by Imagine. As a company dedicated to saving you time and money in your photography business, it makes sense to enhance and expand the conversation to all things Workflows. Tune in and subscribe to hear stories, strategies, and tools that can be your rock. Hear from people just like you. Get to work with Workflows. Well, today I've got a very special episode for you. It is a fantastic talk from Bill Stank. He is an award-winning wedding photographer based out of Baltimore, Maryland and Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. He has been photographing weddings since 2012 and is a self-proclaimed Tika Masala enthusiast and lives with his partner, three dogs, a cat, and over 100 houseplants. Bill is a fantastic wedding photographer and photographer all around and is an expert in lighting. And today he's going to talk about his off-camera lighting misconceptions. Now, why? Why on the Workflows Photography Podcast would Bill be talking about that? Well, as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that we talk all the time about a variety of workflow things, including in-camera, behind-the-camera photography workflows. And off-camera lighting is part of that. So I asked Bill to come on and share his insights. And without further ado, here is Bill sharing his thoughts on off-camera lighting misconceptions. Hey, everyone. I'm Bill with Photosynthesis. I am a wedding photographer based out of eastern Pennsylvania, uh, shooting in Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, and surrounding areas. Uh, today, I'm talking with Imagine and with Scott about some common misconceptions about off-camera flash. Uh, a lot of times, there is a lot of great education out there about off-camera flash. Um, but one thing I think people don't talk about as much are some of the misconceptions that come with it. So um, this is not a right or wrong kind of thing. This is just my experience that I like to share with people, and I hope it helps you with your off-camera flash journey and just your photography journey in general. So let's go through it. I think there's, I have four misconceptions in my head, at least right now. Um, they might come and go, but right now I'm going to go over four misconceptions about uh, off-camera flash. The first one I think a lot of people have when they're starting off or before they start off is, I can't do this. Um, that's, a, that's a big misconception. You certainly can. I remember when I first started photography, I didn't use any off-camera flash. I didn't even use any on-camera flash or bounce flash. And I don't even think I used a reflector. Uh, I just used window light. Um, I was working in a restaurant 
and uh, the restaurant owned the entire building. And on the fourth floor, there was an old warehouse space, which was really cool. I had really beautiful window light coming in. But I remember, you know, I'm like, well, how do I get some kind of directional or dimensional light when I'm shooting somewhere else? I can't always shoot here. So I started to dive into off-camera flash. And at first it seemed like this is just not something I can do. However, practice certainly makes perfect. It's something that you have to uh, invest the time into. So how do you do that? You've got friends, you've got family, you've got other human beings. You know, ask your your, your significant other, uh, can I photograph you? I want to kind of play around with some, some off-camera flash, some new lighting techniques for me. So you've got you know, maybe a roommate, uh, anyone, any human being, you know, just practice with them uh, because you want to get comfortable working with people before you're working with a client. Now, a lot of what I'm saying today applies to wedding photography because I'm a wedding photographer, but it could apply to if you have a portrait client or anything else. So practice, practice with people that you know that aren't clients. And uh, honestly, I have already bought a mannequin at Michael's, a mannequin head, uh, I impaled it onto a light stand when I didn't have any human beings to practice on. Uh, I have even taken it outside to a public location and people looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm okay with that uh, because I wanted to know how would this look outside, not just inside, and how would this affect you know someone's face, even though it was a mannequin. So practice on any subject matter uh, and do that before you kind of dive into a wedding day or a portrait session. So uh, another mis misconception. Uh, let's see. Oh, before I move on, uh, in terms of, you know, I can't do this, try to make it simple for yourself. And and usually what's happening with off-camera flash is you have, you have two exposures. You have the exposure in your camera, which is the ambient light of your environment. And then you have the exposure uh, with your off-camera flash and you're dialing it in with your transmitter. Don't try to do it all at once. Even for someone with experience, that could be kind of a lot to take on. So um, dial in your ambient exposure with your camera, just what the overall kind of scene looks like, and then keep that setting the way it is in camera, and then use your, your transmitter on your off-camera flash to dial in the power for your, uh, your light on your subject matter. Breaking it up that way, thinking of one exposure at a time, can certainly help you kind of dive in and start to learn it. So misconception number two, uh, on a wedding day, I don't have time for this. Um, I'm going to mess up all the pictures. Uh, anyone that has photographed a wedding knows that weddings are, you know, a lot to take on. They're fast paced. You might not have a lot of time or maybe you had time and something has affected that time, whether hair and makeup is running behind or there's a wardrobe malfunction or transportation, you know, any number of things that are no one's fault. It just happens because there's a lot of moving parts on a wedding day. Pardon the interruption from this episode. Imaginers, if you are enjoying this episode that you are listening to right now, take a moment, open up Spotify, Apple podcast, or wherever you're listening from, and please leave a five-star review so that other photographers can find and enjoy this podcast as well. Now back to the show. Uh, what I would recommend is you do at some point just have to dive into it. You know, uh, I still remember when I was a kid going to the pool, I was afraid to jump off the high dive, climbing up the ladder. And, uh, you know, eventually at some point I just had to jump. Uh, and then as soon as I did, it was less intimidating. So that's what you have to do on a wedding day. 
However, with the preface of whatever way you feel comfortable shooting, available light, ambient light, if you're using a reflector, whatever isn't off-camera flash that you're comfortable with, shoot 95%, for example, of the portraits with a couple using a technique that you're comfortable with. I said dive in, but that doesn't mean dive in completely. Dive in the last 5%, you know, so the last few minutes with the couple, after you've gotten pictures that you know you're comfortable shooting, then you can start using some off-camera flash. And the worst case scenario is you mess up those pictures, the couple isn't missing out on anything. Um, one very important thing is though, if you're going to different locations, and for example, the last location you shoot at is maybe a bridge on a venue uh, property that the couple likes, don't solely say, well, this is the last few minutes, I'm gonna use off-camera flash here. Uh, make sure to still, in that location, use available light, whatever you feel comfortable with, so that the couple doesn't say, oh, well, you know, I thought we were shooting on the bridge. Are there any pictures? Um, so make sure you have a backup. Spend the last few minutes, make sure you have a backup uh, location uh, in terms of, you know, what pictures you're taking. And, um, you know, worst case scenario, the pictures don't come out well with off-camera flash. That's okay because the couple will still have, you know, pictures that they love and, and they're not missing out on anything. So you won't mess up their wedding you do have time, even if it's one minute, two minutes, and then you start building up from there, the more confidence you get. All right, so next misconception. Um, once you start getting into off-camera flash and you're more proficient with it, uh, misconception is that, well, uh, off-camera flash will always make everything better. That's not true. Sometimes off-camera flash is great. Sometimes it's not the best choice. And there's pros and cons of using off-camera flash, and I'll just kind of go through a few of them. So pros of using off-camera flash. You have a lot more control of your lights. You can move your light one side, the other side of the couple, whoever you're photographing. You can light people from behind. You can light a wall behind someone and not light your subject and create a silhouette. You can create a lot of different kinds of images that aren't there. Um, I personally like a sense of light, a dimension, a direction, and light and shadow. So I know some photographers like to shoot on days that are overcast. For me personally, if I'm shooting outside and it's overcast, I would more likely use off-camera flash because then it, it could feel like there's some sunlight, some dimension of light. So if you want to add something that's not there, add some creative control, that's a really great thing. That's a pro of off-camera flash. Uh, some cons of off-camera flash are, again, pertaining mostly to weddings. Do you wanna use flash during a ceremony? Do you wanna use a flash uh, during a first look or something like that? For me personally, I try not to use flash during something that's not portraits. Uh, I don't wanna intrude or interfere on what they're doing. Um, now, I could ask the couple, hey, do you mind if I use flash during your ceremony? Uh, they could say, oh, sure, that's fine. The only issue with that is they're answering a question that they've never been in that specific circumstance before. And until their ceremony starts, they don't know how the flash is going to affect them or not. Um, so whenever possible, I really try not to use flash in situations where it might be distracting or take away from a moment from a first look, from vows being exchanged, you know, something like that. Uh, another con is cast shadows. Um, 
Anyone that has photographed abroad, especially in the last few years, I'm sure you've realized that tendrils have gotten more popular. Uh, sometimes the tendrils have gotten bigger too. Now, if you're using off-camera flash in the wrong way, a tendril, uh, a light coming this way and a tendril can cast a shadow onto a bride's face, uh, which wouldn't be the most flattering thing you know, for her. So you have to be aware of cast shadows. And it's not just tendrils. If you're using off-camera flash only for the dance party, if you have a six-foot-two groom standing next to a five-foot bride, um, she might have a lot of cast shadows on her. And anyone that has photographed a dance party knows that when everyone is dancing drunk to Bon Jovi, uh, there's a lot of unpredictability and hands are being thrown around. So it's, it's not a situation where you have a lot of control. Uh, now, I'm not saying you can't use off-camera flash, but there, there can be more risks of cast shadows and then not being able to see the great expressions that people have in that circumstance. Um, so pros and cons, always something to think about. Uh, and then the last misconception is if I don't use off-camera flash enough or all the time, then I'm not a professional. Or if you're using natural and available light, that means you don't know how to use off-camera flash. That's definitely not true at all. Some of the best photographers out there and photographers that I look up to pretty much only use natural light or available light. And I've also seen them use off-camera flash sometimes, and they're certainly very proficient in it. But for whatever reason, uh, whether it's style or approach or just the, I know for me that the satisfaction of finding a great little sliver of natural light that might be gone in two minutes because the clouds are coming. That's exciting to me to get that picture because it's fleeting. If I could get, capture that picture, get a great image using that little spotlight of sunlight, especially where I am, it's the fall right now and there's beautiful low sunlight later in the day and this, there's just something really special about that. If I can use that and, and take a picture, for me personally as a photographer, I feel kind of more accomplished as compared to if I use off-camera flash, because I have so much control of it, I can put it anywhere at any time. So just because someone's not using off-camera flash doesn't mean they don't know how to. Um, they might purposely not want to, and maybe they enjoy searching and finding the lights. And um, off-camera flash can also, especially if you're taking a wider shot, you can only light so much of the scene. Um, I guess in theory, if you have a, you know, 35 strobes set up off camera and uh, a whole scrim and set up like, like a Hollywood film, you can light an entire scene. Um, but you, you can't really do that uh, realistically on a wedding day. So uh, if you're looking for that beautiful cascading light, cast shadows from trees and this little spotlight going onto your subject, you know, it's not something that you could accomplish that look with flash. So uh, those are, those are my, my, common misconceptions about flash. Um, I hope that kind of helps you on your journey with off-camera flash if you're just starting off or, or if you've been using it for a while and are kind of wondering, well, where else can I go? Don't forget to embrace the, the light that's there because it might be really beautiful. And one little quick note, uh, when I first got into off-camera flash and after I was using it for a couple years, I kind of like to say I, I kind of blinded myself with my flash and that's all I was using. And I was kind of missing out on really beautiful opportunities that might've been there with lights. Uh, and now I don't consider myself to be an off-camera flash photographer or a natural light photographer or anything. I, I, I'm just a photographer and um, I, I want to keep all options open and uh, use the light that's there 
add light that's not there and, and, you know, really just, uh, you know, cover all my bases and, and not ever stick to just one kind of philosophy of lighting. So I hope that helps. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your season and happy shooting to you all. Take care. Thank you, Bill, so much for that incredible talk. I know there are countless takeaways for all the listeners uh, about off-camera lighting and these misconceptions, what they should do, very actionable advice that you have provided. So thank you for joining me and sharing your thoughts with all the listeners. You have been listening to Workflows, presented by Imagine. To hear more from Workflows, to find links to our guests, and for an exclusive offer for Workflows listeners, please go to imagineai.com slash podcast and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time.